Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Today's podcast is sponsored by The Morning Navigator, a daily newsletter written by Tony Greer, who is a 30-year veteran trader in the financial markets. I think it's important to be responsible with your personal finances and investments, and it's hard to do that without understanding the markets. Now this is where The Morning Navigator fills a specific need for me. If you're looking for actionable trade ideas or simply to educate yourself about the markets, then The Morning Navigator will help you to do both. It's an interesting, informative, and amusing daily read. Now, a subscription to The Morning Navigator normally costs $60 a month or $650 per year. However, my listeners can go to tgmacro.com, sign up for a free one-week trial, and apply the code ZUBY, Z-U-B-Y, at checkout for a discount of either $10 off the $60 a month subscription or $100 off the $650 annual subscription. As you can infer, the annual subscription is a better deal. Either one is a win when it comes to understanding the global markets and managing your personal investments. So once again, you can sign up today for a free trial at tgmacro.com. tgmacro.com. Go check it out. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the gram, stunt me and destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam, put some respect on my name. Sick like a bang, click and I bang, y'all gonna remember the name. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to another episode of Real Talk with Zuby. Now, on today's episode, we have got on an author, a public speaker, the author of Zen Your Workplace, and the founder and owner of the company Workplace Zen. And this is Carlin Borsenko. Welcome to the show. And thank you for having me, Zuby. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Uh, it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great opportunity. So um, I've done a really, really brief intro right there, but why don't you tell people a little bit more about who you are and what you do to begin with? Yeah, so I'm an, I'm an organizational psychologist. I work with individuals and organizations all over the world just to help make work better, reduce people's stress, help them apply different mindfulness strategies at work just to create a better, more empowering experience. But how uh, most people know me as of the last week anyway, is I was a former, now former Democrat who went to a Trump rally and wrote an article about it. Okay, there's, there's a lot to get into right there. And yes, I think we were already following each other 
before yeah. this thing blew up. And we'd mm -hmm. had a couple of interactions online. Um, I don't know how we came to follow each other, but you know, mm -hmm. I, I know we chatted a little bit. But you've had this uh, story that you posted on Medium. So essentially a blog post. I think it's been viewed over 3 million times now. Yeah, it's okay. insane in the last okay. week. <laughs> okay. And this is, was about you going to a Trump rally. So I, I will link the article in the show notes, but can you just talk us through what you wrote in the article? Why? Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about your own political background and story and then what prompted you to go to a Trump rally? So just talk us through it. Okay, so dig in because it's it's a little bit of a story because we, okay. we have to go we have to go back. Um, so I've been a Democrat for 20 years since I was 18 years old. I've never voted for anyone that was not a Democrat in my life except for Bernie Sanders because Bernie Sanders is not technically a Democrat. He's who I voted for in 2016, um, and then I kind of plugged my nose and voted for Hillary even though I really didn't want to because I thought Trump was evil. Okay. Um, and so just kind of fast forward a couple years. So I'm a knitter. And people might not, you know, understand this or, or, you know, be surprised by this, but the online knitting community is a hyper political world. And mm -hmm. about a year ago, we started having these like roving gangs of social justice warriors, just looking for opportunities to call people out on for minor infractions. Like one person got called out because she wrote a blog post about being excited about going on a trip to India. And they were like, you're othering them. And another one got called out because she said, I'm not comfortable with the bullying. I'm leaving Instagram and another guy got called out because he posted a poem asking for kindness and it's just it's escalated and um and I wasn't really paying attention to all of this social justice stuff before that but I was paying attention to knitting okay. and when I saw that I kind of um I thought you know this is this is crazy this is I am not comfortable with mm. this and you know these were people who I I've always considered myself a liberal though not necessarily progressive I've always been pretty centrist uh, sure. and I saw how these people were behaving and I was like I don't want to align myself with these people they're out of their minds they're insane and so I, I kind of started challenging myself to look outside my echo chamber because I had been existing in very much like a liberal bubble I was watching a lot of MSNBC I had unfriended a lot of people that voted for Trump so I didn't even have to see them like I was oh, thoroughly yeah. convinced that like every Trump supporter was like a racist I mean I I was very angry for a while sure. I didn't I lost my zen for for a minute there okay. um and so, but I started proactively listening to voices who I thought would, I would disagree with. And I started with um, who I thought was Satan at the time. And that was Ben Shapiro. And I oh, discovered- Ben's, Ben's a good dude. I know, like, he's so <laughs> funny, right? <laughs> like, he's so funny and he's like so smart. I was like, wow, I actually, I don't agree with him on everything because he's much sure. more conservative than yeah, me. Sure. But I'm like the libertarian stuff. I'm like, I agree with Ben Shapiro, like what is going on in the mm. universe right now? And so that was kind of how I started listening, uh, just different conservative voices or even just people that I thought I would disagree with. Mm. And it all kind of culminated with me going to a Trump rally. So I live in New Hampshire. In New Hampshire, we're very blessed. I got to see all the major Democratic candidates in person at one point or another. And then Trump was coming about 20 minutes away from where I live. And I thought, well, this is the ultimate test, right? Is to go to the Trump rally and just see what's up. And when I told people that I was going to go to the Trump rally on both sides, liberal and conservative, they were genuinely fearful for my safety. 
<laughs> they were like, you're going to get harassed, like, yeah. watch out, like, you know, don't tell anyone you're a Democrat. And on the conservative side, they were like, watch out for Antifa because they're going to come and, and wreck the place. And I was like, mm. guys, I think, I think it's going to be fine. And I went anyway and um, just met all these different people who were just very nice normal everyday people they were incredibly welcoming i even did accidentally let it slip a couple times that i was a democrat and the reaction universally was oh my gosh welcome good for you we're not scary people and so that was the experience i wrote about in the article and just asking for people to relax and stop calling them racist and stop calling them white supremacists because it's just not it's not a productive use of energy okay well wow, there's there's a lot of stuff to to get into right. there so what I'd like to do actually is um, I'm interested in, so you said you, you've been a registered Democrat for 20 years. Is that right? Yep. Up until last week, I'm now officially an independent. Wow. Okay. So that in itself, there's, there's a lot of questions because, so how did you, I'm almost think, like, I'm, I'm glad you've had this realization. I'm almost wondering how did it take that long? How did you manage to even isolate yourself so much from all of these other ideas and voices and people. I mean, you said that you unfollowed a bunch of people who voted for Trump. So that means you must have been following them to begin with. Mm -hmm. Did you just not know their views or were you not talking about this stuff? I'm, I'm kind of wondering how, you know, I don't, I don't want to avoid liberal people and liberal ideas, but I feel like even if I, if, even if I wanted to, right, I feel like it would be totally impossible you know what i mean like yeah. so i'm kind of wondering how how you managed to isolate yourself from that for such a long time well i think prior to the 2016 election it was purely that i really just didn't think trump had a chance and so okay. i wasn't really worried about it. i was like oh whatever they can say whatever they want to say um I, you know, but also i mean i have to plead just like not necessarily ignorance but i suppose distraction because mm. i was um when trump was elected i was in the midst of trying to build my own business i work for myself and so i was just focusing all my energy on building my business i was writing a book i was doing other things and it was kind of like i just wasn't paying attention okay. and I I think, and I would just like have MSNBC on in the background at night while I was kind of doing other things. And so that's really how I think I avoided hearing a lot of these voices is it just wasn't a priority for me at the time, but it became mm. a priority when it started to infiltrate my hobby. <laughs> okay. Okay. And um, what were your thoughts on, I guess, you know, conservatism and Republicans and the Republican party, I guess even more importantly, the voter base. So we're talking a lot now in the Trump era, as people call it. But prior to that, I mean, in the earlier 2010s or in the 2000s, what were your thoughts on the Republican Party and the previous Republican presidents and candidates and everything like that? Did you have super strong feelings at that time or was it really intensified with uh, Trump? I had very strong feelings starting when um, George W. Bush was in office, which is when I was in college, which is the time when you're supposed to have strong feelings about these sure. things. And I think that's when it kind of solidified that I really saw myself as a Democrat because the, the Republican Party, as I knew, were people that, you know, wanted to prevent gay people from getting married, wanted to censor, like, video games and music and things like that. And the Democrats were the ones that were like, no, we need to be welcoming. We need to be inclusive. We need to expand rights to people. We need to, like, we, we respect free speech. And that was still my image of both the Democratic and the Republican Party until I started paying closer attention. And I realized that things have kind of completely flipped around where now it's the Republican Party that's really very, like very pro-free speech, very pro-liberty, and it's the Democratic Party that's trying to censor people. Mm. 
And why do you think that has shifted? Because that's not even a U.S. specific thing. This is something that has happened around the world. I have a whole bunch of theories on it myself. One of the big ones, which I don't really hear a lot of people talk about, is I think something that you just mentioned was one of the last legitimate fights, which was the fight for um, legal recognition of gay marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what I think is that this, there, there's a bunch of factors, but I think one of the big ones that people overlook is I think that was the last legal thing that someone could make a decent argument that the law is not equally applying to all people in a truly equal sense. If people sort of gave a more libertarian type of argument, I actually think that that barrier would have fallen quite a lot earlier. That's just a, mm-hmm. my own observation. But yeah, it seems like the moment when the left-wing parties and movements started just going off the rails and losing the plot really seemed after that final sort of barrier fell down. And it seems like for the past, I don't even know how long it is now, maybe six to, uh, when, when, when did that pass? Maybe six, six to eight years? Yeah, something like, like that. Yeah, it seems like they've been just a bit directionless and rudderless and have lost what they were. It's like all these years, right? If you go back any time in the past decade plus, there was always something. There was racial inequality. There was inequality between the sexes. There was inequality here. There was inequality there. Now, of course, there there's still inequality in the world, as there always will be. But in terms of the law, it's really hard to argue that in the UK or in the USA, all adults are not treated equally under the law. There's, there's just not, you know, if, if someone wants to tell me that, maybe I'm missing something, but I, I, don't, I don't see it, certainly. And so, yeah, it seems since then they've lost the plot. I don't know what, what your thoughts are around that. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I feel like that that was kind of like the last big civil rights battle to fight. Mm. And it was won. And I thought that that was always the point. Like we won. Gay marriage was legalized. Like yay, everyone. And it was, it's almost like, um, you know, my husband and I talk about this a lot because my husband's from Ukraine and he knows actually what it's like to live in a repressive society. (laughs) And so he's like, these kids don't know how good they have it. They don't, they don't have anything to fight for. And so they're creating these problems. They want their own civil rights movement, even though it's really not necessary Mm -hmm. and I even think like people tell me all the time well like look what how Trump has treated women and look what they've done to women and I'm like I have lost no rights under Trump like nothing has happened to me I'm fine they say the same about gay people they're like he's done this to LG I'm like what's he done he's as far as I know he's the first president that's actually taken office supporting gay marriage yeah right I mean Barack Obama was opposed to it Hillary Clinton was opposed to it until like 20 not, not that long ago at all. No, until she um, wanted to get elected. Yeah, people have really short-term memories on this stuff. So, yeah, it's just, um, it's just weird. I mean, so tell me a little bit more about this knitting thing. Because weirdly enough, <laughs> I know nothing about knitting. But I saw that <laughs> I saw something circulating online that one of the most popular knitting websites or social networks was banning people who expressed positive views about Trump or Republicans and that they were banning any design that included uh, Make America Great Again or anything pro-Trump. And I remember seeing that and being like, whoa, that is crazy. Like, this is not my community. I have nothing to do with this. But I was like, yo, that is, 
that's like really messed up, you know, like that's, that's just not a, that's oh, not yeah. on. So I, I can't, what, what's the name of the website? It's called Ravelry. Yep. Ravelry. Yes. That's the one. Yep. That's the one. So is this the same place that you started seeing this? Um, kind of like I, I, I was actually in support of the Ravelry band at the time and it was purely, again, I had to believe <laughs> I was not paying attention. I was okay. not, I, I, and I was just like, okay, yes, I'm in support of keeping all political conversations out of my knitting. <laughs> But um, so, so yeah, they, they banned it. And I think that that actually added a lot of fuel to the fire in terms mm. of what was going on within the community. Um, because we still see it. I see it mostly on Instagram. I'm told it happens on Ravelry. I just don't spend that much time there. Um, but, you know, anytime you know, something comes out, like, like the most recent mobbing on Instagram was these two guys um, released this knitting book that was like knitting and dessert recipes. And they went on a show that was about weight loss to promote their book, as people oh, do gosh, when they, I can when see they have this is going. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Not even a diet book. And like, I mean, hundreds of comments like, you're fat phobic. How dare you? How dare you? And like, it's a dessert book. Like, relax. So this is still going on today. Yeah. Wow. So how are you in the midst of this? And this is kind of a similar question, but slightly different. How are you in the midst of it? And you, you didn't notice how crazy it was getting. Well, so when I started paying attention to it is when um, when Sockmetician and uh, like um, went into the hospital. And what I first heard, the first person that that informed me what was going on, I heard he attacked a black woman at a knitting festival, which is now we know it's totally untrue. That did that never never happened. But I was kind of like, well, if he attacked a woman, like yes, I I don't really have that much sympathy for him. He shouldn't be attacking people. But mm. now we know that's completely not the case. He was totally set up, and and there was no physical attack. Um, and then I kind of he released this really long video blog. It was like two hours long, just telling his side of the story and presenting all, all this evidence. And that was when I first started speaking up because I've got a little bit of like a big mouth. And I had done, I, I did my doctoral dissertation about workplace bullying. So I understand what bullying looks like. Sure. And I thought, you know, I, I, I don't make my money from knitting. They can't come after me. They can't do anything to me. And so all I did was I posted on Instagram um, just a picture that had a definition of the word bullying. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, that was when I first got drug into it. I was a racist. <laughs> I was a Nazi. I was a homophobe. Oh, I was wow. like all okay. these things just for defining the word bullying and saying, wow. cut it out. This is insane. So you now know what half the world has been dealing with for the past like 15, 20 years. Oh, dude. And since my article got released, it's like even worse. It's like, I can't even like the amount of nastiness that I've been getting. And like, I report it every time and they're like, no, this is fine. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's so funny. It's, it's, I really enjoy having these conversations because it's weird. It's, it's like, there's this sort of matrix. Like I will, I will talk to, you know, even some of my friends or some people I know who are, you know, more, more liberal or more left-leaning or whatever. And they just totally don't see the intolerance on that side, right? If I mention, if I mention, you know, any racism or any type of intolerance or bigotry or bullying, like you just said, or abuse, right? Mm-hmm. People are always like, yeah, it's those nasty right-wingers, nasty right-wingers, Trump supporters, da-da-da. And for literally over a decade, I've always thought the opposite. I see the stuff that gets sent to me and less than 5% of it is from anyone on the the right it's right all I'll, I'll go to the profile it's all pronouns and bio communist flags rainbow flags um vote bernie you know 
pro labor, all this stuff, right? Every single time someone calls me like a racial epithet or someone, someone just, you know, says something really horrible to me. And sometimes it's not even on my political post. It's just, it's just generally. And even before that, it's just something I'd always sort of noticed myself. It's like, yeah, sure. Is there, is there racism on the right side of the spectrum? No question. Yes. And in fact, <laughs> the extremists on that side are less numerous, but probably more dangerous. If mm-hmm. that makes sense, right? I think that there yeah, are. I agree. I think the far right is a lot smaller than the far left, but mm-hmm. the far right, one, people don't tolerate it, right? Like normal conservatives do not tolerate the legitimate far right. But what seems to happen on the left side of the spectrum is that people are really bad at condemning their extremists on that side, you know? So people will make excuses for Antifa. Antifa will literally oh, yeah. be on the street beating people up, bloodying people, hitting people with bike locks, smacking people with bats. And it's like, oh, well, they're fighting fascism. I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> right? There's no, there's no conservative who's, who's making excuses for what happened at, at Charlottesville. Right? There's no one like, oh, well, you know, they meant well. It's like, no, everyone's like, yeah, those are not, those are not our guys. Disavow, mm-hmm. disavow, disavow. Um, I also have a theory on that as well. I think it's because conservatives naturally, by definition, like borders. I, I agree. They're like law and order people. They like, they like to know what their boundaries are. Yeah. 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 So that's, uh, that's just an interesting observation. So tell me a little, a little bit more about, um, what you experienced at this rally that you went to and how, how did you feel? How did you feel going into it? Oh, it was so fun. I mean, once I kind of got used to it and started talking to some of the people around me, I just kind of let go and had a really good time. And it was like a rock concert. I mean, it was insane. And again, like I've seen every major Democratic candidate. I've been to all the big Democratic events mm-hmm. in New Hampshire, and none of them felt like this. And I went to Barack Obama events in twenty in 2008, too. Okay. And they do not have the energy that, that Trump has at all all so it was just um it was just a very exciting thing to be a part of and you know i got to see don jr speak and he he was very authentic in his speech and trump was just obviously having a really good time because this was his first big thing after he'd been acquitted um but i mean yeah. And so it was just, it felt like a community. It felt like people who were um, supporting each other and just like, and what I wrote about in my article is, you know, they don't like Trump because he is perfect. Mm-hmm. They know he's not perfect and they do not agree with him about everything, but yep. they feel like he has their back. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important thing. Absolutely. Uh, that's, I, I actually tweeted about this where I was saying that one of the biggest strengths and advantages that Trump has, and I think the Republican Party has, is I mean I'm I'm saying this as a Brit, right? I'm I'm overseas, but they look way more patriotic and they seem to like America and be cheerleaders for America way more than the Democratic side of the party, right? When when I see the Democrats talk, they're always talking about it's the same it's kind of the same thing with labor here, right? They're always talking about the what's wrong with society, right? They're talking about America is built on colonialism and racism and it's endemic to our society and we're this and we're that. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Were there problems in the past? No question. But me personally, certainly as someone who's an optimist, that kind of message falls totally flat on me, right? I don't want to be with with the doom, the doom and gloomers. I want to be with the people who are having fun and who are like, yeah, like go America, right? America's the best, right? You know, so whether, whether or not, you know, people necessarily agree with that. That's what gets people going. That's what gets people amped up. So I think that, like you said, despite a lot of Trump's flaws and, you know, his flaws are pretty obvious 
right? right? You know, <laughs> like they're, they're pretty obvious, but one, they make him more human and more endearing because he's not just that, you know, it, it can kind of go in two ways for people. I like it because he's not the typical politician, right? Mm-hmm. So that either, that either sort of turns people on or it turns people off because some people do like the very statesman-like clean and well-polished and but also kind of bs you know, like you don't really yeah, yeah, know yeah. what they're saying. They're kind of shifting their positions depending on what people want to hear. With Trump, I'm like, look, even if you don't like what he's saying, at least he's telling you what he thinks. You're, you're not there thinking, you're not there thinking, hmm, what does he really mean by that? Is right, that right. You? And you know he's not going to, he, like, he can't keep a secret. No. Like I said to my husband, like so many times, I'm like, we know there's no aliens in Alien Fifty Area Fifty One because like Trump wouldn't be able to hold that back. He would be so excited to tell people, and like he's also he's funny. He like funny. Trump is like a funny guy, and that's that's one of the things that really bothers me about the left is like they have lost their entire sense of humor. And I even remember very early on in Trump's presidency when I was still hating life and the fact that he was the president. Mm. I remember he made a joke at like one of his press conferences, and the press in the room were just like. Mm. They weren't angry about it. And then he just kind of like hung his head and he was like, oh, well, I guess no one got it. And I felt so bad for him. I was like, he's obviously making a joke, like relax. One of the people that I started listening to when I was first trying to break my echo chamber was Sargon of Akkad. Okay. And I was really following all of his like Brexit stuff. And one, and he, he talked a lot about like this, this British character, like uh, character culture and, and just being proud of being, um, being English and all this stuff. And when he, when I listened to him talk about that, it really made me think the same thing about the U S because when I was younger, I used to love studying U S history. I used to love studying like the revolutionary war and all that. And I remember I was so proud that I came from this culture and that the, mm. the founders did what they did. And I think I had this realization when I was watching his Brexit content that, you know, I had lost that pride in the past several years. And I want to be proud of where I'm from because it's pretty awesome. It's the freest country in the world. Yeah, it is. And I think that's a problem as well, because most Americans don't travel. Right. So I think that a lot, a large percentage of the population, not everybody, but a lot of people, I think the same in the UK, but people in the UK do tend to travel more because at least Europe is nearby. Um, a lot of people lack perspective and gratitude, right? Mm-hmm. So when people are there talking about how, I, I laugh, I, same, same in UK, when people start telling me about how terrible the UK is, I, I, I almost laugh in their faces because I'm like, what, compared to what? Like, honestly, right. what, what, what are you comparing to? Like, where, where else have you been that you can talk about how terrible the UK is or how terrible America is? And then, you know, even if you do get people like, oh, well, it's still not perfect. And I'm like, yes, I know it's not perfect. That's not what I'm, that's not what I'm saying. But from a historical level and from a global level, it's, you know, tell me where else you'd rather be. You know, maybe they might say like Sweden or Norway or something. And it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe, maybe there's like a tiny handful of countries that you may, like some individual may think are better for them. But generally, like it's, it's pretty good. It, it's yeah. really, really good. And I don't think people truly appreciate that. Well, and I, I think I also heard you talk one time about, you know, growing up in, um, you know, Saudi Arabia and mm-hmm. like the goal, like what they're trying to create there is just like fundamentally different than yes. what they're trying to create in, in the UK or what we're trying to create in the US. And, you know, I think having that perspective and seeing, you know, this is this is a good place to be. It's not perfect. It's always going to be a work in progress. But, um, you know, it's, it's OK. <laughs> you know, we're doing yeah. pretty well. Yeah, definitely. So what actually happened inside the inside the rally? What was it like? I've never been to one. 
Um, you know, I mean, it was just like, you know, well, you go to the rally and you have to get there very, very early because the line was like a mile away from the building. I got there an hour and a half before doors opened. It was still really long. Okay. And so you spend a lot of time just sitting around. But it really is, um, you know, it is like a, a like a festival atmosphere. It's like people are just really happy to be there and they're excited to see the president when he he comes on stage oh my god like <laughs> like it, it is insane like people just they love him so much and they were just so so excited you say, like everyone's getting up out of their chairs i was sitting next to this older gentleman and he was just like almost like tears coming down wow. his eyes he's so excited and so it was just really really a happy place to be that's cool well he knows how to work a crowd i mean got to remember he was yes. in the he was in the world wrestling federation i know <laughs> so he, the guy knows how to work a crowd like you can't he's 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 got a really interesting set of skills. Mm-hmm. He's got, I know uh, Scott Adams talks about this a lot, right? This, the skill stack. But yes. very true because he's, he's got elements of like a, obviously a businessman, but he's got elements of like a stand-up comic. He's got yeah. elements of, you know, almost a musician with a way that you can, you know, some people are like, oh, he's a terrible speaker. And I'm like, if you want someone who uses like really big words and, you know, sounds sounds really smart when they talk then yeah that's not going to be your guy but in terms of making people feel something and feel a part of something and laugh and the the timing of it and you know he he knows he really knows how to work a crowd when you when you see him talk i haven't seen it live but when i watch videos it's like wow this guy has them he has them in his hand he has them in his hand and maybe as a rapper I can really appreciate that because I can see when someone is really doing like crowd control and he really does it all the time. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he knows exactly what he's doing. And I actually had this conversation with Brandon Strzok the other day. We were talking about how, you know, he's seen Trump speak for up to three hours at a time, just completely mm. off the cuff, improving it. And, you know, I'm a public speaker. I can't do that. It is it, like it is, it is very very difficult to do that, and so I don't think people really give him enough respect for the things that that he's just very very gifted in some ways. Now, you, and you can disagree with him on policy all you want, sure. but I think you know we need to look for these things to, to to acknowledge about people. And I also think, I mean, he loves he loves trolling. Like my favorite Trump troll recently <laughs> was like him photo like tweeting that picture of his head photoshopped on Rocky Balboa's oh, body, that was that was and like. My entire Facebook feed of all my liberal friends was like, how dare he? <laughs> I was like, oh, like, way to play right into his hand, guys. Yeah. Congratulations. He knows, he knows exactly what he's doing. And he, my favorite one was uh, when he put the Trump Tower on Greenland. Yeah. That, that was my favorite. That was my favorite. Or, and the Thanos one, the I am inevitable one. Yes, that was so amazing. It, it, it's so effective, though, because it's like, you know, some people are like, the president shouldn't be doing this. It's not presidential, whatever. Maybe because I don't have a dog in the fight, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I want Trump to win again because I'm enjoying the show, you know? <laughs> oh. you know like, I'm, I'm, I'm like sitting here from a distance and I'm just like, look, whoever wins is not really going to directly affect me. But I want another four years of this. This is brilliant. This is fun. No, I totally agree. I've said to people, like, we are all going to go through, like, epic withdrawal when Trump leaves office, whenever that might be. And, like, part of me, so I ended up voting for, I had to vote in the Democratic primary in New Hampshire, and I ended up voting for Pete Buttigieg. And part of my rationale for that is, like, I kind of want the president to be a little bit boring. Mm. But at the same time, I'm like, I just, like, I love this. This is, like, this is amazing. Like, when, like, what a time to be alive. Yeah. So, so obviously you're now in a position where 
quite rapidly, you have discovered that conservatives and Republicans are, are not evil, which yes. is great. Um, <laughs> and uh, so two questions, I guess. Firstly, how, how does that kind of feel? I mean, because that, uh, that must be like a, a sort of rip in the matrix of a lot of your previous beliefs. Well, it is, but it also isn't. And I mean, I've been preaching for years just in my work and I write about this like a lot in my book. Like you have to assume positive intent of people. You have to try to see the best in people. Mm. And I think these were lessons that I had forgotten in my own personal life for a while. And so it's actually a relief, if I'm honest. It's it's a relief to know that, you know, most people are just fundamentally good people. Sure. So we've talked a lot about like the experience and Mm -hmm. the sort of personality But what are your thoughts regarding actual policies, I guess, both from the Republican side and the Democrat side? Have you sort of shifted on those at all or do you feel you're kind of where you where you've always been? I feel like I'm where I've always been on things. I tell people like I didn't leave the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party left me. Mm. Um, And I don't even know what their policy position is at this point. Their policy position seems to be impeach Trump and then impeach him again. Yeah. Orange man bad. Exactly. And that's it. So I don't even know what they believe anymore. Um, But um, on Trump's side, you know, listen, you can't argue with the economy. And it, it boggles my mind when people are like, well, that's Barack Obama's economy. Like Trump's been president for three years. Yeah it's time to start giving him some credit. Like he yeah. very well could have tanked the thing. Unemployment is at an all time low and these are all good things. Um, and Republican so I, talking points. Yo, I know. <laughs> I tweeted, I tweeted during the state of the union. And then this was before my article kind of hit the fan. I said, yeah. you know, I, I really like that unemployment is low. And I, I have a lot of people who work in human resources, like following Uh-oh. me because that's where I work. Oh Uh-oh. my God. They did not Uh-oh. like that. And I'm like, <laughs> You are human resource professionals. And then one woman who was like a recruiter for a company, she's like, well, having a job is the same thing as being a slave. And I was like, I really don't think it is. <laughs> and so we had a little, yeah, we had a little back and forth about that. And I'm like, listen, your job is literally to recruit people to jobs. Like mm-hmm. what, are, what are you, if a job is the same thing as being a slave, are you like in the slave trade? <laughs> She didn't oh, like boy. that. <laughs> no, no, she wouldn't. So, um, so you you published this article as we're recording this. You just it was just a week ago. Week ago. A week ago. How has your life changed? How's that? <laughs> because a lot of people have seen that. Oh, yeah. I mean, in in some respects, it's changed a lot. And in some respects, it hasn't changed at all. I mean, I'm still, you know, I still have my business, I still have my job, I still, you know, do what I do. Um, But I think that it has changed in that, you know, so many more people know me now i mean just my my platform has really really rapidly expanded and mm-hmm. and most of them are conservatives which is yeah. you know a position i never thought i would be in in my life mm-hmm. um and i think you know i'm i'm in a position now where i'm starting to feel the backlash from the left like i at any given moment in my twitter inbox or my instagram inbox it's just hate 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 yeah. hate 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 and what, try what, to, try what to are the most common what are what are they saying what are the most common sort of um, comments 
the, the ones I've been getting today. So I, um, I, so I've stepped in it a lot in the past week. And yeah. the other thing I, st- <laughs> I stepped in was I tweeted defending, I didn't really defend, but I tweeted commenting on the Caitlin Bennett thing mm-hmm. when she, you know, went on campus and then like this huge mob erupted. And I just sent a tweet saying like, I don't really care what you think of her. Like this is wrong. Yeah. And Twitter ended up featuring that in their Twitter story about it. And so I've been oh, getting, okay. Oh yeah, I'm like massive hate from that. Like, how dare you defend her? I'm like, I'm not defending her. It's for, not the for point. saying that you you shouldn't attack young women on campus. Yeah, for saying no. that. And, <laughs> and what boggles my mind about that is they're like, she deserves it. She had it's it coming, crazy. and I'm like, and I'm like, you know, just like saying like a woman has it coming when she mm. wears a sexy dress, mm. right? Oh, they really didn't like it when I said that. It's so weird. The the hip- so many people are just blind to the hypocrisy. That's that's the thing I always find the weirdest. I mean, I don't know if you yeah. this one was um I think this was earlier last year. So I don't know if you did you see that video of the guy who um kicked the woman, the pro life woman? I don't think so. Okay, there was it was it went viral sometime, I think early last year. There was a woman who was like holding up a pro life sign and was talking to a group of people, and there's a guy there who opposes her view. And he, he, he like roundhouse kicks. I think he claims he was trying to kick her phone. He kicks her like, like he just kicks this woman. And it's not just the fact that this happened. It's the fact that when the clip was going viral, you had all these people on the so-called pro-choice side of thing, right? You had all these liberals, all these, you know, shouting the guy out and saying like, yeah, this is what we need to do. And this guy's a king and all of this stuff. And I'm like, yo, can you imagine, can you imagine if like a uh, conservative, any conservative roundhouse kicked a woman at like the woman's march or something because he disagreed with her view or just the other day people have barely even heard about this there was the guy who drove through the the gop tent yeah like the media the media has been quiet on i mean invert that can you imagine if a conservative or a republican or a trump supporter drove his car through a democrat voting registration tent like that would be everywhere that's yeah yeah it's not or even like the project veritas stuff too with the people like in bernie's campaign like talking about how (laughs) gulags are really not that bad and we should really make sure we're putting all the liberals in gulags and like i was like i told this to my husband and he was like carla the gulags were pretty bad i'm like i know (laughs) these people are insane (laughs) yeah it's so weird so yeah i mean yeah, I mean, it must be it must be weird for you. What else are you getting called? Uh, it must be. Have you uh, Russian Russian bot? Russia. Oh God, Russian bot, Russian, Russian bot. asset, and and I always make sure to correct people because mm-hmm. my husband's from Ukraine. And okay. It's very important to him that people Ukrainian know that. Asset. Yeah. Ukrainian <laughs> asset. Um, people think I've been a secret Republican for okay. all this time, and mm-hmm. it's funny because I've literally been sometimes every once in a while, like I showed them receipts from all the political donations I've made since yeah. during the Democratic campaign. I'm like, yeah, not not true. Um, people, I've been getting a lot of personal attacks lately, like people oh, okay. commenting on, you know, I'm white, so obviously I don't understand. <laughs> anything or like my weight or things like that i got mm-hmm. this you know lots of lots of just like personal like nonsense yeah. um and it's Gr- also Gr- i mean grifter have you had that one yet oh god i get called the grifter oh, okay. like all okay. the time yeah, yeah. like yeah yeah um the the thing that is really and none of this really bothers me like i don't really care yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. but um but they started coming after my business and mm. you know people who i like never spoken to never worked with started posting these horrible negative reviews on my business's facebook page oh, so i actually gosh, had to turn cool. off reviews at one point that's not cool and i was like you know, come on, guys. Like, this is ridiculous. All I did was write an article that said Trump supporters are not Nazis. Like, yeah. big grip. Trump's not that bad. It's not that bad. <laughs>
That, that's the weirdest thing. It, it is so, so strange. Um, I'm really glad that more and more people are waking up to it because mm-hmm. I've been talking about this for like a really long time and it's always been frustrating because I've always kind of felt like I'm seeing something that a lot of other people just are not seeing. Mm-hmm. And some of it is because, you know, I do spend a lot of time online. I've been on Twitter since 2009. So I've got like a pretty good sort of pulse on sort of what's going on and where things are going. I mean, here in the UK in 2015, I was talking about how Trump had a good chance of winning. Mm-hmm. And people were looking at me like I was insane. Like people were laughing in my face because this is before he'd won the nomination. And I was like, I think you guys are really underestimating this guy because you know at the time i was following a lot of um you know a lot of fairly prominent trump supporters i mean like uh you know guys like do you know mike cernovich mm-hmm. yeah yeah so like i mean I've, I've you know been chatting with mike online since way before he even got into politics so you know him and you know a bunch of other people and so this narrative that was being painted of okay like his only supporters are these sort of racist redneck hillbillies living out in the boonies or whatever i was like that is definitely that is definitely not true right and i was kind of thinking in 2016 i was like yo if these are the options there's a good chance if i were american i would vote for this guy and i'm certainly not all these things that you're claiming his supporters are and i was also sort of looking beneath the surface of all the headlines and what's crazy with trump is if you ask people specifically what he's done or said that they base their conclusions on 90% of the time they'll say something that's factually incorrect. Right. Yeah. 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 That's the, that's the craziest thing, right? They'll say he, he called uh, all Mexicans rapists. I'm like, no, he didn't. He right. didn't do that. They'll say he, he uh, mocked a reporter's disability. No, no he, he didn't. didn't. Right. No. They'll he say mocked the reporter, but not because he was yes, disabled. Yes. They'll say he, um, he was, he's running concentration camps along the border. No, he's not. No, and he's you, not. Know, and you notice how quickly that that narrative like disappeared. It was like if he was really doing that, people would still be up in arms about. It. So right. there have been so many. Oh, oh, the, oh, the um, he called uh, he called white nationalists very fine people. Yeah, no, he didn't. No, he didn't watch the whole clip. He literally says, "I am not talking about the white nationalists and the white supremacists because they should be condemned totally." It's like you just watched the little clip. And it, it, that, that's the maddest thing. So half the time I'm talking to people about this, I'm, like, I'm, I'm literally just trying to get the facts right. Or they say, uh, what's the other one? He banned all Muslims from the U.S. No, no he, he didn't. didn't. You know? <laughs> or like ban, ban transgender people from the military. No, he didn't. He yeah. commissioned a study. Yeah. Like, that's what he did. This is the thing. And it's weird because I'm like, look, there are plenty of legitimate criticisms or grievances people could have. But it's like, you, we've got to at least like agree on the facts. And then you can give your opinion. You know, I might think the tweets are funny. You may think they're not. I may think that policy is good. You may think it's bad, you know, whatever. So it's really weird because a lot of people now call me a Trump supporter. And I don't even specifically consider myself a Trump supporter, but I find myself defending him a lot Mm -hmm. because I'm very much a supporter of the truth. And if someone is just saying something that's patently false, I mean, that's not even partisan either. I mean, when... um. You know, like when the media did that little, uh, I mean, they've done a lot of hit jobs on Bernie, but when they had that thing in the debate with, uh, between him and Elizabeth Warren, yes. I was like, yo, that was dirty. Like, that's not, I was like, oh, that I was is not so cool. mad. I was like, that's not cool. Like, I'm not a fan of either of these people, but that is not cool. Like, if you've got a media, you, you can't do that, man. 
Yeah, I was so mad about that. And listen, like, for all the problems I have with Bernie, right, yeah. he absolutely did not say that a woman could, <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, anyone who knows Bernie at all, and it was, I gotta tell you, like, I had a couple of Warren um, campaign people show up at my house yeah. right after that, and I had, like, the, I, I took immense satisfaction in telling them off. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the how other did it feel too, when he said it? <laughs> but but the other thing too is like um you know you look at impeachment right and and oh, I actually I, I I was not necessarily against impeachment when when it first kind of started but then mm. they they totally bungled it and they didn't even charge him with a crime and for all these people screaming and shouting about all these crimes Trump has committed and all this evidence like well then why didn't you charge him with a crime and like if it was really that simple then it should have been that simple to to make it make a much better case for impeachment than they did. No, it's been a scam from the beginning because they, they, from day one, before he even took office, they were trying to talk about how they could impeach him. Right. And they started with the whole Russian collusion thing that went on for two years and ooh, suddenly that one went quiet, right? That turned out to be a big nothing burger. Then it was uh, Ukraine and, you know, and it, even all the things like the, um, you know, all the supposed sexual abuse allegations that have come up, right? You know, it's like, oh, like this one comes and it just disappears. The, the way I, I have a general rule of how I can tell if something is bogus, which is if when it doesn't work, it just really quickly disappears. Right. Because it's like, look, if someone has been, uh, you know, God forbid, raped or sexually assaulted or something, okay, and, and they've got an allegation towards somebody and it's legitimate, right? They're not going to just like, they're not going to like give it a shot and then, oh, it didn't work in the first week. So I'm just going to sort of quietly disappear. It's like, no, you're going to, they're going to stay right. on the case, right? If someone has committed a crime, you're not going to just be like, oh, okay, it didn't, it didn't work and shrug it off. That's why with, with lots of these things, I'm like, well, that's, that's bogus because if it were real, you would be on the case. You wouldn't just give up. You, you'd stay on the case. Like, no, you know, this person committed this crime. This person did this thing. Right. Um, but it just seems like they've, you know, they've had about maybe in the past three years, they've had like sort of, 10 like a dozen different things that they've sort of tried throwing and none of them have stuck so i'm expecting that sometime in the next sort of two to three weeks there's going to be another something else is going to come up and then later down the line something they'll, they'll probably save like a big one for you know closer to the election and maybe they'll have some tape of something you said 25 years ago that's not very nice or something Right, but, right. But it's just, it's, it's absurd. They like, they cried wolf too many times at this point. And I think so many people are just tired of it. And people that are supporting Trump, they're not leaving him. No, like it is not going to happen. And the, frankly, in the midst of all this like insanity, no one's really speaking to core issues. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, they're, they're really, this was part of my article too, is, you know, the Democrats are so out of touch with what real people care about. Real people don't care about any of this nonsense. They don't follow it. They don't watch the news. They don't watch YouTube like, like you and I do. They just, they, they want to be able to take care of their families. They want to be able to pay their bills. And that's what they care about. And Trump is giving them that. You, you mean the big fight isn't about non-binary haircuts and pronouns? I, I, you know, I don't think so, but <laughs> you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't yeah. think most people care. Yeah, I saw you commenting on that story about how difficult it is for uh, non-binary people. This was in the UK, taxpayer funded as well. Yeah. How difficult it is for um, non-binary people to get haircuts. 
Oh, it was so stupid because I had literally like the same haircut that the woman had in that video, which is like short and you have like the size of your head shape. I had a haircut for three years. I never once had someone ask my gender. And obviously like I'm not like a feminine woman. Like I'm <laughs> like relax, stop creating problems where none exist. Yeah. So in terms of where the U.S. is right now, what are your yeah. thoughts on what, what, what do you personally feel are like the big issues that people really should be talking about or which really do need to be dealt with or tackled? Which ones are you sort of feeling? I think healthcare is something that people really do care about. And I mean, obviously, um, you know, Obamacare was not perfect, but I think that, you know, there needs to be an additional iteration of that to make sure that people have coverage available to them to make sure that healthcare is affordable. And this mm. is really where I am. This is an issue I am on more of the liberal side of the spectrum. Yeah, sure. I'm not necessarily for Medicare for all. I'm not for wiping it all away, mm -hmm. but I just don't understand how in the richest country in the world, we cannot provide healthcare for our citizens. It just doesn't make sense to me. So that's an issue I'd like to see tackled. And I also do think, you know, climate change is something that people are thinking about. I was actually just um, talking with a friend of mine the other day who, you know, he and I, he's a Trump voter from 2016. And he and I used to argue all the time back and <laughs> forth. And he, we were talking on the phone the other day. He's like, Carlin, you know, I get the whole climate change things. I understand it. I get where jobs are going. So I think that's something people are thinking about. Um, and I don't necessarily think it's, um, it's people don't necessarily think it's the crisis that has been portrayed, but I think people are very much in favor of, you know, making small changes and kind of iterating towards a more sustainable thing. Okay, cool. You know, the big problem with um, the climate change thing is that it's been too politicized. Yeah, I agree. That's the big problem. And it's like this weird binary split where it's become like a weird sort of cultish religion where you're not even supposed to ask any questions about the issue nor the solutions. It's either you're, on board and you want the green new deal and you want to overthrow capitalism and do this and do that and have the government take power over everything or you're a so-called climate denier which is a right. really silly term because i don't know how you can deny the climate but um you know it's it, and it, it's it's being used as a sort of trojan horse for a lot of socialism basically right so they'll say okay this is for climate change so we want to do like a b c and x y and z and we want to just do all that and it's like oh wait hang on like even if we agree on the potential issue, I'm not down with all of these solutions. Like that's not a, that's not the thing, but environmental issues in general, like it, it's weird. It's it, they've painted this fake dichotomy that people on, I don't like to use the terms the left and the right, but I'll use them for now. There's this idea that people on the left care about the environment and want it, you know, the planet to be nice. And, and those on the right, want to chop down all the forests and pollute the rivers and you know and it's like look i'm not aware of anybody who's pro pollution i know people who have different ideas on how much is how much of uh, climate change is just natural versus influenced by human activity and then what sort of sacrifices need to be made and a bigger thing with climate change as well is like look i mean the u.s is a big country but certainly from a uk and european perspective it's like, look, I don't care what Iceland and Finland and Sweden and like all these titchy countries are doing regarding climate change because it doesn't matter. What matters, you've got just in China and India, you've got like two and a half right. billion people. It's like, look, if, if China, India, the USA, uh, maybe Brazil, like if the massive countries are not playing ball, then it doesn't really matter what your nation of three million people does because, right. you know, it's a, it's a global, it's a global thing. And China and India are still developing. 
So whatever proposed solution is there, you need to get them on board because they're not going to be willing to sacrifice their economic growth for people in the West who are worried about climate change. Like realistically, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. And, and I think the Democratic candidates, they're focused, they, they haven't even really talked about that much at all. Instead, they're focused on like, you know, should we ban plastic straws and stuff like that? And listen, like, you know, I mean, come on, fine, fine. I'll use a metal straw, like whatever. Mm. But that's not going to solve the problem. No, no, it, it's, it's so minor. It's so minor. Yeah. And, and also just the hysteria. I mean, do you guys have Extinction Rebellion in the US? I'm not sure. British thing? Okay. Is yeah. this like climate change movement? It's basically, it's, borderline occult now it's like an activist movement they're always in london like blocking the streets and protesting wow. and, and yeah yeah it's it's crazy it's crazy and it's all around you know climate change and but they act like total lunatics like i don't even know what they i don't even know what they want right but they're really disruptive they you know they're always just blocking roads sometimes they stop people getting on trains which which is bizarre because those people are already using public transport so protesting commuters on their way to work there is a really funny video online where they pull the guy off a train um there's this guy on top of the train and he's stopping all of these like there's hundreds of commuters trying to get on the train to get to work and there's this guy like on top of it like trying to give some sort of speech or whatever wow and they grab his legs and pull him down <laughs> they pull him off the train i was like oh holy crap <laughs> and they probably don't even know what they want either like they, yeah. they don't think that far ahead like what is the end goal like what how does this all play out what is the natural conclusion of yeah. all of this and they don't think that far ahead and it's just like i i so wish that these people would focus their energy on it and attention in a way that's going to be productive and useful and actually help people and and make some sort of change it's like in the knitting in the knitting community to you know, it always comes back to knitting. Yep. Um, there's a, there's a thing the other day where um, there uh, one of the the uh, yarn dyers that they ended up mobbing. She came out with this SJW line of yarn where everything was like a different SJW bingo card name, like triggered or emotional labor. And so oh, okay. of course they came after her for that. But then. <laughs> Like, oh, it was it was oh, insanity. Sorry. But then they had a meeting, and they decided that in retaliation, they were going to do their own set of charity yarns with names like trans rights or human rights and things like that. And I was like, fine, brilliant. Go focus on your charity yarn collection because at least then you're doing something productive and you're not bullying people in the process. Mm. Right, right, right. Wing doesn't have any slogans. The funny thing about like a lot of those left wing slogans is. They're statements that I've never heard anyone argue against. Right. Right. I've never heard anybody. So people are like, we, we, want, um, we want people to recognize that women, you know, women, women's rights are human rights. Trans rights are human rights. Like who said, who said otherwise? Love is love. It's like, yeah, we know it's, it's on the tin, you know, like um, climate change is real. Like, yeah, we know. Yeah. Again, even the people who inverted commas deny climate change still think it happens they just think that it's just you know 99% to 100% natural causes they don't think that human beings are having a big effect so i don't know i've always i've always found those slogans kind of amusing black lives matter it's like who said they don't I think it was like the trash protest in San Francisco when Scott, that cleanup that Scott Pressler was oh, doing yeah. when they started protesting him. And I think it was either that or the walkaway event later that night, but the protesters started chanting like black lives matter. And the, the other people were like, we agree. We agree. 
That's so good. That's so good. Yeah. That's, that's amazing, actually. That's amazing. Yeah, it is really weird. Like these chants, it's just like, yeah, okay, I'm with it. Like, cool. What do you, what do you want from me? We, we agree. You know, I just want people to recognize that women are human beings. What, yeah. what, what do you think I think you are? Right, like, right. <laughs> No, I feel totally <laughs> oppressed by you in this conversation, Zuthi. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, so what is next for you? Um, I know yeah. that you, you've, you're at a really interesting place right now, of course, which, which I doubt you predicted. Um, I'm assuming you didn't think you were going to get such a, such a strong no. response to. Uh, I, I never thought that this was going to happen. And, you know, I mean, I tell people like I even, I almost didn't even write this article. Mm. And then it was like, I sat down at my desk and I, I just, I had it in my head and I could not focus on anything else until I just put it on paper just to get mm. it out of my system. I wrote the whole thing in about 20 minutes, posted it on medium, didn't think anything would come of it. Um, and so this was not, this was not in my life plan. <laughs> to become overnight like a conservative darling and hated by the left at the same time. <laughs> Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> I, well, I know, but, but what I've told people is like, um, I really don't think that this message came from me. I think it came through me because okay. it was something that a lot of people needed to hear. And from that perspective, I don't really think I have much choice but to lean into this mm -hmm. and continue to try to talk about how we need to be more civil to each other. We need to be more empathetic to each other. Um, we need to stop you know, all this insanity. And I don't know exactly what's going to come of it yet. I've got a couple of ideas. Um, but I guess stay tuned and we'll see what happens. That's awesome. And um, given that today, that, sorry, given that this year, 2020 is going to be a very heated year politically, it's going to keep amping up. I mean, what would be your message to Americans out there, you know, regardless of whether they're a Democrat or Republican or independent or whatever, what would be your message? Because it, I, I just think that the, the temperature needs to come down. Uh, the temperature is up way too high, and it has been for a couple of years now. We've had a similar thing in the UK with Brexit and with the recent election. But I think America, as always, does everything a little bit bigger than uh, we do here in the UK. So what would be your message to people? I think the message I would have for them is that I truly believe that I became a better person by listening to voices that I thought I disagreed with. I became a more understanding person. I became a more empathetic person. And probably most importantly of all, I released so much anger and resentment from my system when I really was able to look at people that disagreed with me and see them as just human beings. Mm -hmm. And we, I think one of the best things people can do is just start diversifying your news sources. Even if you don't think you agree, watch Fox News, watch, you know, Ben Shapiro, just see what they have to say and really, you know, take time to, to try to integrate more information and it's going to make you a better person and it's going to make you a whole lot happier. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine it being a big burden lifted off your shoulders to, to get confirmation that half of your country are not Nazis or white supremacists or racists because they're not. Yeah. And we're all in this together. We have to do it yeah. together. And we either we have one of two choices. Either we can start taking steps towards each other or we can continue to take steps away. And, you know, I, I, I would like to take steps towards each other. Awesome. Amen. Carlin, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been wonderful speaking to you. And I wish you all of the best in all of this. I hope that uh, you manage to, yeah, not get dragged into the craziness too much and, you know, not have a uh, too many people coming at you too aggressively, but I, uh, I really appreciate hearing your story. And I know, of course, what you're doing is resonating with a lot of people. So stay with it. Thank you, Zuby. I appreciate it.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.